Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, I'm here with Pamela Selig. She is a yoga teacher based in New Jersey. She began her yoga and meditation journey in 1991 when an illness interrupted her Wall Street career. Along with helping recovery, the impact of her meditation led to a lifelong pursuit of perceiving and sharing yogic wisdom through practice, teaching, and writing. And she is joining me today to talk about her book, Threads of Yoga. Thank you, Pamela Selig, for being here today to talk about your book, Threads of Yoga. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy you're here today, too. I just loved your book, and I can't wait for everybody to hear what it's all about. Oh, great. <laughs> so go ahead and tell us what inspired you to write this book. Well, when I first began um, yoga and meditation, I sort of think of those two words uh, as synonyms, uh, yoga and meditation. I was fascinated by the background, like the philosophy, where does this come from? And I read a text, probably one of the most foundational and well-known texts um, in the yoga pantheon called the Yoga Sutras. And they were written about 2000 years ago by a sage from India named Patanjali. And that just blew me away, like reading about, you know, this basic guide to being a human. I was stunned, you know, and, and um, I loved yoga. I loved the physical postures. I loved meditation, but I was just fascinated by the philosophy underneath it. I tried to, when I became a teacher, tried to bring that into my yoga classes, but I found it was really kind of challenging to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was always looking for a book that would help me with that. And there's some great books out there, but nothing with, you know, sort of general information, but a little more detail, a little more background, a little more depth. Um, so eventually I got to a point where I thought, you know, maybe I could write that book. So eventually that's what happened. Yeah, it, it's perfect. It's so easy to read. I've practiced yoga on and off, and there's definitely some teachers who include the meaning or the deeper meaning behind the poses, but sometimes there isn't. And what I got out of your book was, wow, when I do this pose, I could be thinking about my breath, or I could be practicing silence. So I, I just love your practices in this book. And is that what you intended them to be for practitioners and for teachers? Yes, I started, uh, the idea started as a teacher thinking I could help other teachers. But then as I wrote it, I was thinking this information is kind of for everyone. Like this is what everyone should know. It's not that complicated. We all sort of know it anyway, but it just goes that step deeper. And so I felt like even my friends that don't have any interest in going to a yoga class, maybe they're runners 
or you know like to do other things um they're curious about why is yoga such a thing like three thousand years later you know it's more than just the postures and i think in my book i try to remind people why we do yoga like these postures they make you feel good in the moment Mm -hmm. they make your day better but why is that and why do we even do it you can forget that easily because it's a practice so you're kind of focused on doing the practice Mm -hmm. maybe quieting your mind in different ways but why like and when you think about that and understand you know what the ancients told us why we do this I think it's even more inspiring I think it makes you want to do it even more even if you don't do the physical postures Mm -hmm. um, so much of it can be really helpful for your life on a practical level but also on a very deep spiritual level yes Yes. And you have experience for becoming a yoga teacher and something catapulted you into being a yoga teacher. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Yes. When I was younger, I was definitely, it was a while ago in the eighties, a type A personality, um, went to work on wall street. Um, and you know, it was a go, go, go 24 seven. I sort of thought that's that was the only way to be. It was sort of that mode of looking back, you know, almost not sustainable. But anyway, eventually it started to take a toll on my physical body. And I came down with something called Bell's palsy, which is not life-threatening, but it's dramatic. It's when half your face is paralyzed. And I woke up like that one day and the doctors say, you know, it's probably going to get better, but it may not. And it's a real, it was a real, you know, shock for me who had never really had a physical issue and, um, you know, a challenge really. It was sort of a major life uh, change for me. Um, So I was desperate, went to lots of doctors and they all said, just wait and see what happens, which I wasn't very good at. So one doctor did say, have you tried meditation? which I never had at that point. And, but I was desperate and I decided to give meditation a try, read a couple of books, just skimmed them and um, loved it. I think my personality at that time or my mode of operation was to just dive in. So I just meditated. I didn't know you, you start slowly. So I meditated for hours and um, had some experiences that I didn't understand, um, that were, you know, I realized there's more happening than the physical environment, Mm -hmm. which I never would have believed if someone had told me that. And that became my sort of pursuit of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And that led me to yoga texts. Someone told me, you can understand, you know, the lights that you see and the sounds that you hear by studying yoga which I thought yoga was bendy postures. So that was another kind of blew my mind. But when I read about yoga and meditation, and if you meditate, you know, things happen and they're not really explainable. But when you read about it, it's very common. It's not supernatural. It's part of who we are. And that opened a whole universe, a whole world for me. 
And so now I'm very grateful. I had a decent recovery from Bell's palsy. And I'm very grateful because I don't think I would have turned in this direction had it not been something that truly stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. And I mean, I stayed in the finance world for a while. I enjoyed it. But over time, you know, five or 10 years, I just switched and eventually opened a yoga studio yes. and um, yes. uh, got into teaching and um, have, you know, now really focused almost more on meditation. So it's been, it's been terrific. That's wonderful. So talk a little bit about the benefits you were experiencing with yoga right after your Bell's palsy. Well, I didn't get into the postures because I really didn't know about that. I didn't even know it was it was yoga. I just started with meditation and I immediately found that there's sort of another layer of who we are once you start ignoring that inner chatter, that voice, that narrator in our head. It's hard to stop it. You can't really stop it. But when you ignore it and bring your attention elsewhere, there's this whole nother realm. And Again, I would have not believed that had I not personally experienced it. So, and it takes, you know, it takes a while. You have to sort of, uh, I mean, some people experience it on their own quickly, but for me, it, I had to break through a couple of barriers. And um, knowing that, really knowing that puts your life in perspective and it puts, it puts your, you know, it, it just, it makes you actually function at a higher level, which is odd because you're not so attached to everything. Yes. You're not so desperate. Um, you understand yourself better. And yeah. that's just the very, you know, the one layer. And then of course you go deeper and deeper and deeper throughout your life. And now I think, although I'm open to all new ideas, but what I think right now is that is, kind of why we're here yeah. is to do this inner exploration, mm -hmm. go deeper and deeper and bring those, those jewels that what we find into the physical world through our lives. Yes. So our, the light, our, the world is terrific. It's not that we need to turn away from the physical world, from our relationships. It's not at all. It's that when we go deeper and understand really the depth of our own being that we are able to then live, live this richer life and share that with the world. And that is what the world needs. That's what I think that's what we're here for is to bring these, these deeper, beautiful parts of ourselves into this dimension. Yes. I love that. I just love that philosophy. So in your book, uh, it's a guide to help practitioners and teachers get to this level that you're talking about, right? So you have all different types of practices. Can you talk about the formatting of your book? Yes, yes. Um, it is a practical, actual guide. There's a story too. It's a, it's a, it's a story. I wanted to make it readable and enjoyable, but each chapter serves a purpose. 
the first is, you know, what is yoga? You know, like, why are we even doing this? Yoga slash meditation. And with some actual, at the end of each chapter, there's just practical things to do. You don't have to do them all. It's just ideas. And I tried to, in, to make the book not another thing to do. We all are so busy and like we have so many things to do. I tried to make them things that you can do without, like when you wake up in the morning, before you jump out of bed, just do this, you know, things like that, that you're not actually having to take, put it in your um, schedule. Um, I do also uh, do a lot of meditation ideas mm -hmm. and also how to, you have to know some basics, some sort of, you know, basics, tried and true meditation technique with breath, things like that are included. Um, but it's not a bunch of stuff you have to get done at all. Um, the second chapter is, is why we do, what is yoga and then why do we do it? And then after that are different themes, like, like you mentioned silence, that's an actual practice. Why would we do that? Um, surrender, this idea of surrender. Um, I think in our culture that can be seen as a negative, like waving the white flag or giving up, you know, we'll just hang on till the bitter end. But in the yoga world, this idea of surrender is, is, associated with acceptance and accepting what's happening, not giving into it necessarily or accepting bad behavior or it's accepting and then taking action yes. in a non-stressful way. It's just, it is what it is. There's only so much we can control. This is what I'm going to, how I will respond. And it's all very, very much connected with present moment awareness that yoga brings us into the present moment. Meditation is a practice of being in the present moment. It's all we have. And acknowledging that, using the body, using the breath to remember that is a simple, so simple, yet profound way to live our lives. And the breath is, we all have it. We're all breathing. It's free. We all have our attention where we place our attention and we have the breath. So with those two things, you can really, um, really uh, live a very a deep, in a very deep and profound way. Yeah, so for someone who is just starting out in yoga or meditation, what advice do you have because it's not, it's, it's simple to talk about, but it is difficult to put into practice. So if you could give any advice to someone who wants to start on this journey, what would you say? Okay. Well, first, I think you're right. It is simple, like I said, but it's also probably one of the most challenging things you'll ever do in your life yeah. is this idea. Um, and also the most rewarding it's direct relationship. The advice I give is that that inner narrator in your head is not who you are. And I certainly thought that's who I was. My body, I was my body and I was my mind, my thoughts. That's me. 
And in yoga, the yogis teach that if you think that, it's a great tragedy mm-hmm. that your, your life will never get below that superficial level. If you think that for no fault of your own, you just don't know any better. But now these teachings are available. We know when you begin to try to quiet your mind, quiet that inner narrator, most people say, I tried, but I can't. My mind is too busy. My mind is too, that's, that's, everyone says that. That's the first step of meditation. You're doing it. When you think that your mind is too busy and you cannot do it, you are doing it because you are watching your mind. You are seeing how busy it is. Therefore, you are not that. (laughs) You are saying, wow, my mind is just wacko. There's like squirrels running around up there. Um, Yeah, that's meditation. That's the very first stage. So hang in there and breathe and watch how busy your mind is. Yes. That's your doing. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier about how you just just jumped right into meditation and you were doing it for a long periods of time. But I liked your advice in the book to just start where you are, you know, start small or start for a few minutes. So I, I've done meditation on and off throughout my life too. I don't have a daily practice, but I'm getting there. And actually your book inspired me to start again. And I started literally with five minutes and now I'm up to 30, but it was, it's a process because like you said, my mind kept going and going and going. And I thought, okay, if I could just start small, then if I could just start for five minutes and build my way up. So I thought that was excellent advice. Yes. And for some people, it may be three breaths, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they might just sit like when they're in the car line, yeah. you know, or doing something they have to do anyway, just say, I'm going to do those, those three breaths where I really just focus on feeling the breath, these slow breaths in the body. That's meditation. Yeah. And you'll, you'll feel the relief after those three breaths. Yes. And I guarantee it's going to make you want to do five breaths when you have that time. Yeah. It's just, it, it truly does build on itself. You'll fall off the wagon like we all do. Sometimes, you know, life really does throw stuff at you. Mm-hmm. But it's all, that's why it's a practice and no judgment. Like, yeah, yeah. No no one's judging us. (laughs) I, when I did start um, again, I definitely felt less stressed throughout the day. And I was noticing it. Like I went grocery shopping and I was so much calmer. I wasn't being frustrated of not finding what I needed. It was okay. It's not there. You know that. So I think a lot of times, and I did this, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time. What do you say to people who are like, I don't, I don't have time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, life is busy. Yeah. And I don't think most, most people don't have time to add anything new. Yeah. But time is, time is funny. Like, just think when things happen, like, you don't have any time, but your dog gets sick. Yes. 
you know, time fine. It fine. There is time. Yes, there is. So think about, you know, what your priorities are, what you want and design your life, you know, do it. Um, And I talk about in the book, how the mind, that inner narrator does not want you to meditate because Mm -hmm. it will sabotage you because it knows when you meditate, it goes away. It's, Mm -hmm. it's existence is in trouble. So it will try to get you not to meditate. That inner narrator is not on your side much of the time. Mm-hmm. So it'll say, you're too busy. That's that inner narrator. Yeah. Um, you have to do laundry. Um, meditation is stupid. Um, you know, so all these things. So just notice that, that notice that thought and say like, yeah, that's that inner narrator. Yeah trying to get me not because it doesn't want to stop. It likes the madness, the rat race. It likes that constant stress. Yes. And you're feeding it by saying you don't have time to meditate. So when, when you take those breaths, it is a chemical switch in the body. There's actually, actually a change in the physiology in the body and all that settles down. So When you're busy, it feeds on itself. When you're stressed, it feeds on itself. And the reverse is true as well. That rest and digest, the non-stress, that response can be triggered as well. But it's up to us to do it. We have to manage that. And sometimes, you know, you have to stop the momentum of stress to come out of it. So that's logic, but you just have to be strong. Yeah, and that voice starts. Yeah, and I like what you said about, you know, if your dog gets sick or, you know, if something comes up in your life that you unexpected, like the other week, my daughter was sick and she was home for three days. And I, I've said whatever I had aside to be with her and to help her get better. And hey, I survived and all those things didn't need to be done that I had on my list to do. They could wait three days. So Mm -hmm. it, and that I noticed, I was okay. And it just fit into, I'm, I made it a priority. And I, so I love that you said that, that so you can make a priority what, what really needs to happen in your life. So meditating is one thing that you can add to your life or yoga. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. So tell me um, what you're up to now. So um, now uh, the book came out about five months ago. So I was dedicating six months to really promoting it, um, getting it out there. So that's been great. Um, I've been also teaching online really since the pandemic. Um, And I've been teaching mostly meditation and primarily um, it's a three week course where it's not a lot of time. It's one hour for three, three weeks in a row. And um, it's nice because you learn something and then practice it for a week, learn something, practice it for a week. And hopefully by the end, you have like a practice established. So um, that's been really rewarding. So I do it probably once or twice a month. I have another one at the end of March coming up. And um, then I hope to start to write a new book. So I really enjoyed that process. So, um, so that'll be next um, and continuing to teach hopefully in person soon. 
That's great. So the one online, is that open nationally? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I, uh, sold my yoga studio in 2018 so I still work through the studio um, my good friend purchased it so that was nice so I still it's through the studio but everything's online and and I offer through my uh, website um, pamelaseelig.com so anything I offer is there um, on the website also Oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to have to check that out. And I hope my viewers and listeners will look into that as well, because if you're teaching it, that can jumpstart someone's meditation. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so where can people find your book, Threads of Yoga? Well, you can find it in your local bookstore. Um, if many have it, some order it. Um, and then uh, Amazon also, it's available. So um, really wherever books are sold, they should have it. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I learned a lot. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciated this. Loved our conversation. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time part of the ACAST community.